reaching Israel and the world and the world. Greetings in Messiah Yeshua, shalom uvracha, peace and blessings to you. Welcome today to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Cynthia Marjorie, my love, as we continue our study today in the Song of Songs, many people refer to it as the Song of Solomon, we're going to be focusing on the fact that this is a prophetic love song between historically the Shulamite bride and King Solomon, but which prophetically is a shadow or a type of God's love for his people and our response to that love by giving ourselves back to him. And so what we see as the Shulamite bride expresses her heart and gives her life to the king is that it's really a message for us that ultimately in this world, the only thing we primarily need to focus on is giving ourselves back to our creator. You know, many things are important in life, but first and foremost is giving ourselves back to the king that created us. Yeah, I love it because, you know, so many times I've gone through times where I'm struggling with whatever the day-to-day -day things are what are going on. And, and I discover that it's like the Holy Spirit saying, wake up. It's not about you. It's not about your circumstances right now. It's about me. And it just sets me free. So I love that it's all about him because once we get it, once we let go of all the everyday concerns and say, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Father God, all is well. Baruch Hashem, we're continuing our study today in the Song of Songs, which many of you have referred to in the past as the Song of Solomon. But as I've taught on earlier episodes, the correct title for this book is actually the Song of Songs. Solomon himself actually calls it the Song of Songs in verse number one of this love letter. It's actually a song though. It's more than a letter, it's a song. And when you think of a love song, it's like a duet in the original historical context between King Solomon and his bride, referred to as the Shulamite bride, but prophetically, as the ancient rabbis have always understood, this is a prophetic song between Father God, King Jesus, and his church. The rabbis understood it as a love letter between the God of Israel and Israel. And as New Testament believers, we go a step further and say this is a love song between God and his people and those are, that are in covenant with him through Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. I've preached many messages on this already. And if you want your life to be transformed in a radical new way, I encourage you to go back to season one and listen or watch every episode. It will transform you because there's an anointing on this love song that absolutely will add a fragrant anointing into your soul that is unique and unlike anything that you've received before through any other book of the Bible, because there's a very distinct anointing in this love song to make known to us how beautiful we are to God, how much he loves us and gives us insight, we understand from the Song of Songs, into God's emotional nature. Now in the previous episode, we left off in chapter four by looking at how King Jesus was praising the beauty of his bride from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. He praised her eyes, her hair, her lips, 
all of her entire body. He was telling her how beautiful she is. And the application that I left you with was, we need to accept ourselves in the Lord. If we're not comfortable in our own skin with who we are, we need to warfare in the spirit in cooperation with the word of God and the Holy Spirit to be able to be comfortable with ourselves in Jesus. See, the Bible tells us that we're holy and blameless in Christ Jesus, that we're accepted in the beloved. And so if for some reason we're rejecting ourselves, we need to reject that spirit. We need to come against it. We need to break off false identities. You're not stupid. You're not ugly. You're not clumsy. You're none of those things. You're beautiful beyond words to the Lord. And that's why I need you to go back and listen to this series or watch it from the very beginning so you can get that whole impartation that's come from me as I preach through this book so that you can walk in greater freedom and into a greater sense of being in your destiny. We are accepted in the beloved. We're beautiful to God. He's attracted to us. I know that's hard to get our heads wrapped around that God's attracted to us. But notice in verse number seven of chapter four, Yeshua said to his bride, you are all together beautiful, my darling, and there's no blemish in you. If God was not attracted to you, why would he have sent his only begotten son to not only die for you on the cross, but to marry you? Because where you're headed is the marriage supper of the lamb. And all that is recap from last week. Now I wanna continue on today, and I'm gonna read to you an astounding, profound, verse that is a conundrum. Have you ever had the, heard that word conundrum? It's like, that's something like, how do we get our head wrapped around this? So I'm going now to the fourth chapter, to the ninth verse. The Shulamite bride or King Jesus is talking to his bride and listen to what King Jesus says to his bride. You have made my heart beat faster, my sister, my bride. You have made my heart beat faster with a single glance of your eyes, with a single strand of your necklace. How beautiful is your love, my bride, and how much better is your love than wine? Let's pause, let's think about this. Jesus is saying to you, my beloved friend, my dear daughter, my dear son in the Lord, my brother and sister, he's saying to you that when you love him, when you look at him with love in your eyes, it actually excites him. You have made my heart beat faster, he said, with a single glance of your eyes. Do you know that you can make God's heart beat faster? That when you choose to love him, when you choose to step out in faith in order to obey him, when you sacrifice something because of your love and fidelity to him, that moves his heart. I know we can't understand it, how could I move God? We wonder, how could little old me, this, this being that's been created from the dust of the ground, how could I move the creator? But you do. Remember the Bible tells us that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents. The Hebrew Bible tells us that we have the capacity to grieve or make sad the Holy Spirit. Jesus feels us. In fact, whatever you're feeling, he can feel. Think about that. He feels your feelings. And when you choose to love him, and love is a choice, right? Love, love demands sacrifice. 
Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, when a man lays down his life for his friend. So that when you do something that involves a sacrifice unto the Lord, whether you choose to praise him, whether you choose him to change your behavior in order to please him, whether you choose to reorder your life so it lines up with God's word. For example, one thing that you can do that's very practical that I've tried to incorporate in my life is when I wake up in the morning, rather than let my flesh rule with rule me, which my flesh, it might be tired, you know, I might feel groggy, I might feel downcast maybe because of a dream that I had last night, but what I do is I make a conscious decision to not allow my emotions or my flesh to rule me, but instead what I do is I wake up in the morning and I get into the Word of God. And lately what I've been doing is I've been going to Psalm number 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. And the psalmist goes on, and forget none of His benefits who pardons all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who renews your life like the eagles and satisfies you with good things. In other words, I get up and I make a decision to love my creator by getting into his word, overcoming my emotions, choosing to praise him and be grateful. And you can do the same thing. And when you do that, when you rise up out of the darkness to love him and praise him, it makes his heart beat faster. He sees one of his little ones choosing to sacrifice, overcoming the devil, overcoming their emotions, and pleasing him by choosing what the Bible calls the sacrifice of praise. So Jesus says here, you have made my heart beat faster, my sister, my bride. You have made my heart beat faster with a single glance of your eyes. Every time you choose to love Jesus and love again involves sacrifice, whether it's your time, your talent, your treasure, honoring him with your finances, witnessing to him, even when you know you might be rejected, using your talent to serve him, picking up the phone, calling somebody just to bless them because you feel Jesus has put that person on your heart, reaching out to a stranger, just communicating the love of God, walking out of the grocery store, blessing the person at the cashier, saying, I just want you to know Jesus loves you. God bless you today. Whatever you do for him, it moves his heart. Everybody has heard the Hebrew word shalom, meaning peace and wholeness. But what is not as familiar is a very similar phrase. It's called Shalom Alechem. Shalom Alechem. And what it means is peace unto you. Remember in the Gospels where Yeshua greeted his disciples after he had risen from the dead? And he said, peace to you. Shalom Alechem. And in that same account, he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Ruach HaKadosh, receive the Holy Spirit. And to me, I think about the fact that Jesus said he's continually standing at the door of our heart and knocking. In the book of Revelation, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. And what he's wanting to do 
is to come into us and breathe his shalom, shalom alechem, peace be unto you, into our soul. I've personally been praying, Father, help me to open my heart, to open my soul to you so that you can breathe into me that shalom that you want to put in even to the very center and core of my being. So Jesus is saying to his people today, to you and I, shalom alechem, peace to you. Now it's up to you and I to open up our lives and receive it. We've been called to be salt and light to the world, but Rabbi cannot share the truths from God's Word without help from you. Would you pray and consider donating or becoming a monthly partner with Rabbi as he ministers principles from God's Word through television, the internet, and on-the-ground outreaches, equipping the body of Christ, building the church, and evangelizing the world. Call 800-777-7835 or visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Join those who have said yes to the calling. Help Rabbi build God's kingdom through the global outreaches of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Call today or visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. How beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride. She responds back. So remember, this is a love song. It's, a, it's like a duet. Those of you that are older, closer to my age, you remember the old, um, what, what was her name? Was it Captain and Tennille? I think that was the names. They, they would sing songs back and forth. You know, one would sing one part, the man would sing one part, then the woman would sing her part, and the woman would sing her part, and the man would sing her part. Back and forth, they'd go. That's what the Song of Songs is. It's a song that's a duet. The bridegroom is singing to his lover, and the lover, you and I, are singing back to the bridegroom. So Jesus just got done once again, telling her how beautiful she was, telling you, my beloved friend, how beautiful you are, that Jesus died to ransom you. That's how precious you are to him. Christ in you, the hope of glory. God sees something so incredible in you. He loves you so much. He died for you to marry you. So Jesus tells her this, and she now responds back to him and says this. A garden locked is my sister. Actually, he's speaking to her. He's describing her. Yeshua is describing her in verse number 12. And he says, a garden locked is my sister, my bride. A rock garden locked, a spring sealed up. In other words, Jesus is saying to her, you have set yourself aside for me alone. Jesus is telling her how beautiful she is, how lovely she is. And he describes her fidelity to him by saying to, to her this, a garden locked is my sister, my bride. A rock garden locked, a spring garden or a spring sealed up. What does this mean? That she wasn't letting the world in anymore. She wasn't letting false lovers in anymore. She was, she was reserving herself completely for her relationship with God. Do you know, that's what it means to be holy. The Bible says that you and I are holy in him that we're holy and blameless before him in love. What does it mean to be holy? To be holy, my friend, it means to be set apart. That's what our call is. Remember the one person in, in, in the gospels asked Jesus, listen, this person was married seven times in the kingdom to come, which one will they be married to? Which one of the partners will they be married to? Will it be the first partner, the second partner, 
Will they be married to all seven people they were married to on earth? And what did Jesus say? You don't get it. In the kingdom of God, heaven, there's neither marriage nor giving in marriage, but you're going to be like angels to God. You see, ultimately, we're, we exist for him, from him, right? And through him and to him are all things. So we want to have that mindset that ultimately we may have an earthly spouse. We have friends. We have children. We enjoy those relationships. But ultimately, we exist for our creator. And so that's what our mindset should be, that we're, we're here on earth to first and foremost set ourselves apart unto the creator. See, the Bible calls you and I priest. What was the role of a priest? A priest in the Hebrew Bible, that's how we learn what a priest is. We have to go back to the Hebrew Bible. This is one of the benefits of knowing the Jewish or the Hebraic roots of our faith. It helps us understand the New Testament. So when the New Testament calls you and I priest, what does the New Testament mean? Well, to understand that, we have to look at the Hebrew Bible to find out, well, what did the priest do in the Hebrew Bible? The priests were set apart unto the Lord alone to do three things. Number one, the priests were called to draw near to the Creator, to draw near to God. So the priests were summoned to come to the tabernacle, which later became the temple, which were God's, was God's manifest glory. So you and I as priests are first of all called to draw near to the divine presence. That's our first role as a priest. Those that have been called to draw near to God himself. Secondly, in the Hebrew Bible, we find that the priests were those that offered up sacrifices. So what does it mean for you and I to offer up a sacrifice? Or Paul tells us in the book of Romans that we offer up our own bodies to him, our entire lives to him, Paul said, as a living sacrifice. We present the members of our body, all our capacities in the natural world. We present our capacities as human beings up to our creator to serve him. So we've been called as priests to be set apart and that's what we're talking about now because Yeshua said to his bride that she was a lock garden, a rock garden enclosed, sealed up. In other words, she's reserved for him alone. There's, there's a fortress around her that other things aren't getting in. She's secluded and set apart for Jesus' purposes alone. And that's what I'm wanting to communicate. That ultimately you and I exist for his purposes alone. He blesses us with many things, but those are just like blessings. Ultimately, at the end of the day, at the core, you and I should understand that we exist for his good pleasure alone. And so we're priests. The Bible calls us priests. We're called to draw near to him, to offer up a sacrifice to him, which is offering up our entire life to him, to serve him and to love him. And then the third role of the priest we find identified in the Hebrew Bible was that the priests were called upon to minister the things of God to the people. And so our third role on behalf of Jesus is to bring the kingdom, to announce the kingdom to people outside that don't know him. And so Jesus once again identifies the lifestyle that she was living. A garden locked is my sister, my bride. She existed for him alone a rock garden lock, a spring sealed up. And so I just want to stop and say, are you and I living our lives like that? If we separated ourselves, in other words, you 
can't just watch stuff on television that you find entertaining. That's not a rock garden. That's not, that's not being sealed up like we just read. You, you have just like an open door there for the world to come in. We can't just listen to what music we want to listen to because we like the sound of it. It makes us feel good. No, listen again. A garden locked is my sister, my bride. A rock garden locked. A spring sealed up. So if we're going to live like this, as those that are set apart to the Lord, sealed up for him, a rock garden around us so nothing else is coming in, we can't just choose to watch on television or YouTube what we're curious about. Everything has to be filtered by this question. Father, is it pleasing to you? Is it your will that I'm listening to this, that I'm watching this? Is this acceptable that I'm letting this into my life, including the relationships that you have? Too many single people get into relationships with someone in the, from the opposite sex because they're lonely. That's not an excuse to get into a relationship with an unbeliever or someone that's not living passionately for the Lord. Will you and I accept the call? Will we use the Shulamite pride as a model for our lives that, Lord, I'm not going to allow anything into my life that isn't pleasing to you? This is the way you and I ought to be living. I know I want to live like this. Sure, there's discipline, but what a blessing that comes in knowing that your life is sealed up for Jesus, that you're an alien in this world, that this world is not your home. Jesus said, if you were of the world, the world would love you. But because you're not of the world, because I chose you out of the world, Jesus said, therefore the world hates you. You're not of the world. You're not of the world. So if you're not of the world, why are you trying to fit into the world? Why are you letting the world in? And the more dark the culture becomes, the more separate our life should shine. People should know we're different. And when you live as a rock garden, as a spring sealed up, you are then going to have the power to bring the kingdom of God to other people. I remember even over the last week, two people told me, whenever I'm around you, I feel close to God. I just put my hand on one person's chest. I didn't even ask him first. I just put my hand on his chest, began to pray for him. Tears began to come from his eyes. Somebody else said to me, whenever I'm around you, I feel close to God. That's the blessing that comes from being a rock garden and a spring sealed up. You're useful to the master. There's an anointing on you that will be used of the Lord to bring his beauty and his color to others. Beloved, we are called to be Shulamite brides. We're the bride of Christ. I want to ask you today, will you pay the price by disciplining yourself, being willing to be different, even if it means being rejected? If you will, God is going to continue to draw close to you and cause you to know more and more how much he loves you. If you don't, beloved, it's not going to be good because the Bible says friendship with the world means you'll be hostile towards God. Beloved, if you've been watching Discovering the Jewish Jesus for a while, I hope you've noticed that when it comes to raising finances for the ministry so that we can continue to proclaim God's word around the world, I really strive to not manipulate and to be clean. So the truth is today, 
that it cost us a lot of money to be able to broadcast on television, YouTube, and all the other media outlets that we're releasing God's Word through, as well as the traveling that we do around the world. And I can't do it, beloved ones, without your continued help and financial support. This is the way God ordained it to be. John said in one of his letters that men that are preaching the truth are worthy of the support, the financial support of the church. So I want to thank you for sending me out. And I also want to encourage you, beloved, to know that when you support the gospel with your finances, there is a reward that will come back to you because everything that we sow into the kingdom comes back pressed down good measure and running over into our lap. Thank you for your love and your financial support. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yavah Yahweh The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Authentic, straightforward, and uncompromising. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. 
We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, Rabbi answers the questions, what is a north wind and what does it mean for your spiritual walk? You won't want to miss this exciting episode. 